0: You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts, and the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline, running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no self-service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high
1: as I am tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much with how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out, or walking my pup Rocky, but my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep and you guys. I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible.
0: So every month, members get one credit to pick any title, no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs. Dare I say by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If
1: that doesn't scream littlest meditation, (laughs) I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible originals for free when you visit audibletrial.com slash messy middle. That's audibletrial.com messymiddle This is Alyssa Olenek of Littlest Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors
0: enthusiasts, and
1: entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme.
0: So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is
1: best lived in in the the messy messy middle.
0: Hello there, guys, and welcome back to another little list rant. So today I want to talk to you about something that I actually feel like it's funny to say is near and dear to my heart. And so, if you guys follow me along on Instagram, you kind of got to know my personality. You recognize that I don't really view failure as a negative thing or a setback, and it's not something that is a dirty word. So, failure is not a dirty word. Yes, repeat after me: failure is not bad. If anything, failure is a prerequisite to success. It's a stepping stone. It's a step on the stairway. It is a requirement for success. But for a lot of us, when it comes to life, fitness, personal goals, whatever it is, we view our failures as defining who we are incapable. We are failures. We suck. We are unable to achieve whatever it is that we have set in front of us to pursue. And so I want to help us today by challenging this idea and this narrative that we constantly tell ourselves that failure is bad. And if we fail, we are bad. I want to encourage you next time that you feel that as if your failure defines you as something that you are not or makes you feel as if you cannot achieve the things that you set out in front of you to redefine that and rethink of that in your brain as an opportunity to get better, an opportunity to improve, an opportunity to assess your weaknesses or things that maybe you aren't great at or aren't great at yet, or a single little tiny flaw in your technique or skill that you just can develop and improve in. Instead of looking at your failures as identifying glaring gaps of where you lack or what you are not, look at them as opportunities of Growth. I know that's really hard to do. That's really challenging, especially the way our society frames things for us, that if we are failures, we suck and we are not worthy and we are not good. But this is something that has helped me a ton. As you guys know, I'm a woman with a lot of big goals. You do not run ultra marathons. Weight lift get a PhD or start a business or quite frankly, do any of those things at once. If you're afraid of failure, if I was afraid of failure, I would have never done a single one of these things. And I used to be crippled by my imposter syndrome and my fear of failure. And then I basically woke up one day and I was like, Alyssa, you got to get your head out of the ground. Like you, not, you're better than this. You can do more than this. And when I gave myself the permission to fail and gracefully fail and look at it, areas of opportunity of growth and it, it, it stings, right? It stings, when you recognize when you suck at something or you're not good at something, or you are incapable in the moment, but reframing that as just an area that I can prove in has changed everything for me. And so obviously you guys follow me because you like fitness and nutritional information and things like that. And I am an athlete. I quote, I was an actual athlete at one point in my life and now I'm a self-declared athlete, but I Olympic weightlift and I started doing that less than a year ago. And I've only been running ultra marathons for a few years. And I cannot tell you how many times I have failed in my training programs, or my workouts, or just doing something, and how many times that failure came right before a major breakthrough or a major success. And if I let that failure define me, and I let it limit me, then I would have never grown. Sometimes we have to go backwards to go forwards, and it seems so counterproductive, but it is so necessary and true. And so a great example of this, when I was training for my first ever ultra marathon, I needed to do my first ever 20 mile run. And if you've ran a marathon, or you're a runner, you know that that's a big milestone of distance. I had never run 20 miles a day in my life before, and I was terrified of that distance. And it took me three times of failing it before I finally ran it. It was on the fourth time that I finally did 20 miles. And you want to know what happened? I went, I was down in Savannah, Georgia, visiting my friend Tatum Brandt, who will be on the podcast talking about branding. She does the branding for the podcast. And I was there visiting and I was like, I have to do 20 mile run this weekend. I'll come, but I'll have to do it. And I did 16 flat, sandy, humid, hot, gross Southern Georgia miles. And I couldn't do anymore. I just didn't have it in me, which four miles isn't that much. But when you're running up and down the side of the beach, it kind of gets to you. And I was just fatigued. I didn't feel good. And I just was like, I don't have it in me today. And I stopped at 16 miles, which is nothing to be ashamed of. And that day I drove back. To Athens... Came home, Regis the next day said, Hey, I'm running. You want to come? And I said, Yeah, I'll come with you. And I did it. And it was that day that I ran 20 miles for the first time ever. I overshot my training program. I I did way more volume than necessary, but I was so hell bent and determined on running that 20 miles because I had failed that day before and I had failed the weekend before and I had failed two weekends before that. And it felt like no matter what I did, that 20 miles was never going to happen. But then it did. And what ended up happening is that I ended up running 20 miles and having a fantastic fantastic day but i also got a ton of amazing training even though I never actually achieved that quote unquote goal. And now here I am training for a hundred K, but I needed to fail those first few 20 mile attempts to get that first 20 mile attempt. And I needed to do that and show myself that I could keep moving forward in order to keep running ultra marathons and showing to myself that even when things are hard or suck or there's setbacks and I failed, that I have the tenacity to keep moving forward. Another amazing example of this when it comes to maybe just not even point blank, not being able to do something, but failing things is that I, as you guys know, I've started Olympic weightlifting and I'm getting quite better at this point. I'm not excellent. I'm not amazing, but I'm making a lot of rapid progress these last few months because I'm finally having things start to click. And me and my coach were talking this week because I hit a, a quote unquote PR on a barbell complex where I was doing high pulls, hang snatch, Full snatch. And I got the weight this week that I missed twice the week before, but the week before that I hit a PR. So I hit a PR. I had a horrible day of snatches. I missed everything. I screwed up entirely. And the next week I had beautiful snatches and then I hit another PR today. But what I did during that day where I missed those two attempts at 47 kilograms wasn't that I missed it because I did anything wrong, but I actually made form improvements. It just didn't stick. I didn't have it. I failed the lift. But in that day, because of those mistakes that I made, I was able to look at my video footage, talk to my coach, assess my training and say, okay, well, what technique flaw did I have? What area can I improve in order to hit that next time. And we made those improvements. Even in those mislips I made those improvements. I looked at it objectively and I said, okay, I'm not a failure. These are little things that I can prove in order to succeed. And today I threw 132 pounds over my head for the first time ever. And it felt amazing. But if I didn't make the form corrections and improvements that week when I failed, and I just said, I suck, I'll never be able to snatch, I'm a failure, I would have never hit that PR today. It was a prerequisite for that success. And if anything, if parallels gradually, school more than Olympic lifting. I'm not sure quite what it is. I thought it was ultra running and then I started trying to fling barbells over my head and man you learn a life lesson every week doing this and this is why I'm such an advocate for the gym. When it comes to grad school for those of you who are grad students just like me and or have gone to undergrad even you know that school and academia will ring you in and spit you out. You feel like a failure constantly because that's what becoming a PhD is you're just basically fumbling around the dark trying to create knowledge out of nothing that's essentially what you're doing in your PhD you are creating knowledge that doesn't yet exist which is incredible when you think about it but it requires a ton of trial and error and a ton of failure and grad school can demoralize you and knock you down and assuming you're in a healthy environment your response to that can make or break you and so I had a big a few big breakthroughs this fast, past year with grad school and one of the things that I struggle with immensely is my writing skills and my statistical analysis skills, two major things you need to do to publish scientific articles if you guys aren't unaware. And so last year, I basically made the decision that instead of identifying as a failure as someone who sucks at writing, who's incapable of writing a narrative that I've been telling myself since I was a teenager, I'm not really even sure where I got that from, but I always deeply believed it. And I always deeply believed I wasn't really good at science, even though I have made it here to my PhD. And so I decided to look at my lack of writing skills, not as me being a failure, not as me being a failure as a scientist or a PhD student, but rather as a skill that I can improve in. And you know what happened the other day? I'm sitting in my office and my boss, my advisor, the the person I'm getting my PhD under, he came to me and he has my manuscript that he's editing. And he said, Hey, this actually isn't in bad shape. And you're going to be surprised at how few revisions I actually have for you. It's actually in like pretty good shape. We're really getting closer to finally publishing, submitting to publish my first scientific article. So a year ago, I could have looked at my lack of writing skills as something that, okay, well I suck and I'm never going to write anything. And I'm going to coast through this PhD with never actually publishing anything and pretending my dissertation didn't happen. Or I could tackle the skill first on. And so what I did is I didn't look at that failure as defining me as something I'm not. looked at it as an opportunity to grow. I applied for multiple grants. I basically took every opportunity I could to write something so I could practice writing. And now I can feel how much easier it is for me to write. I'm writing my proposal and I no longer identify as a failure and not a writer. I recognize that it is just a skill that I need to work on. And that failure was nothing more of a reflection of an opportunity I had to get better and be a I, you need to fail. You need setbacks. You need to suck at things sometimes in order to realize the trajectory you want to go on to start. When I first started my business, I re, have redone my training program seven times. I've redone my systems. I have fixed things. I have changed things. I have updated things. I have tweaked and twerked and everything in between. And I've used feedback to correct or decide the course of which I'm going to take my business or my content over and over and over again. And if every time a post flopped, or a program didn't do as well as it should, or clients weren't happy, instead of saying, oh, I'm a failure, or getting mad about it, or giving up, because, oh, that's people's fault, I looked at it as an opportunity or a way for me to grow, to make my content better, to serve my clients better, not that I'm a shitty coach, or I'm bad at social media, or any of these things, but rather, I can be better at those areas. I did not fail, I just found another path that would bring me more success. So, with all these examples, my point to drive to you home and so feeling isn't a bad thing. Failure is not a dirty word. In all of the situations, I have failed at business and I have failed in fitness and I have failed in grad school and I have failed in life over and over and over again. But every time I fail, I don't look at it as defining me as I am incapable I am not able. I suck. I don't have that negative self talk. I pause, I reflect, and I say to myself, "What can I do to get better?" And the the analogy of me and my coach looking at my training footage and deciding what little tweak and twerk that I need to take to my form to hit the lift is such a great analogy for everything in life. Because if you look over at everything under that micro, that. Uh, under the microscope of that and analyze it and break it down and actually just dissect it logically for what it is rather than a reflection of what we think that we are not we are able to actually course correct and make far more progress in the long run And when we start viewing failures as a opportunity to grow and an opportunity to get better and an area to improve in we realize that failures are nothing more than something that we haven't mastered yet and that's it there's always something we can get better and improve and none of us are perfect but usually we fail things that we just aren't that aren't for us we aren't cut out for or we don't have the skills for them yet and that's okay it's okay to not be there yet the goal is to simply if that's the end goal that you have over time is to move that one percent little bit closer every single day within those And so the last thing to say that a lot of people aren't willing to share their failures. They don't romanticize them. They're not publicly announcing them. So keep in mind that when you feel like you're the only person in the world who fails a lift, misses a workout, screws up an exam, whatever it is, whatever goal that you have, if you feel like you're the only person in the world that has failed at that before, I want you to really reconsider that. Does it make logical sense that no one has ever failed at these things before? Or are they just not sharing them because we're shamed away from that? And so I want to let you guys know that sometimes failure sucks. Failure is a big kick in the teeth. And sometimes failure is a reflection of something that we're lacking and we need to improve on. But it always is in either an option to be a stepping stone in the path of growth or it's an exit plan. And we let failure define us and we quit. And that option is one that is always left up to us at the end of the day. And we can let others make that decision for us or we can make it for ourselves. And so. With that, that's the end of my little list rant. I hope that gives you guys a little bit more perspective on redefining failure and the narrative you have around it in your head and realizing that it is nothing more than a requirement, necessity for growth and success. Every successful person fails tons and tons and tons and tons and tons tons of times. Me, people way more successful than me and everyone in between. And that includes you. So you are not broken. You are just human. So thank you for tuning in for today's Littlest Rant. I hope you gained something from this. If you did, if you enjoyed it, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We'll announce a review of the week every single Tuesday over at the Messy Middle Instagram. And if you guys can with me, remember three last things heading into the end of your week. We want you to live well, demand better, stay messy. I'll catch you guys next time.